If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, and I'll read through verses 8 through 20. And I'll start in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was... With the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, let's open in prayer. Uh, Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for your grace and your mercy in this day, the day we celebrate, as so many have already mentioned, uh, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, God becoming man. We are so grateful for this day that we can celebrate together, worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. And I'm so thankful, Lord, for everyone who's contributed over the last two days to help bring uh, these services and make them a success, Father, from uh, Kevin Cannon to Les to the musicians today and so many others, Lord. I'm just so thankful, God, for our people stepping up and serving for your glory because all this is for your glory. And as we look today at these verses, I pray you would uh, bless us, bring people to faith in Christ, and grow us in our trust and confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, a Merry Christmas. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, I got the phone call yesterday as well. Uh, not too many uh, extra sermons on Christmas Day, but I'm so thankful for the privilege of going over the, this passage. If you would, keep in mind as we look at these verses today that all the events in these verses are occurring in Bethlehem. Now we consider verse 1, Caesar Augustus made a decree. Um, Caesar Augustus was no godly man. He was not a Christian at all. He was not a believer. He was a pagan Roman emperor. He was a good emperor, but he was a pagan emperor. He made this decree uh, for an accounting, just like as you read in Acts chapter 5, you will see 
uh, verse 37, another mention there of a census. So this was not uh, wildly unusual for this to occur. What is unusual is God's purpose in accomplishing this. His purpose is for his glory. Everything that we read about in these verses is to glorify God. Glory to God in the highest is what we read in these verses. And we are to take that to heart to understand that when Christ came to earth, he came to bring salvation and to establish a kingdom. And it was all for the glory of God. So God chose a maiden who lived in Nazareth, Nazareth, which is about 80 miles away from Bethlehem. God had uh, inspired Micah the prophet some several hundred years before the events of chapter 2 here that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And yet he chose a young maiden, a virgin, to bear the baby Jesus who lived 80 miles away. So how would he accomplish that except through uh, using the Roman emperor to accomplish his purposes for his glory? As we read the first seven verses, uh, Joseph uh, brought Mary uh, to their ancestral hometown, both of them being of the lineage and ancestry of King David. So they came to Bethlehem, and in verse 7 we read, the glorious news that she bore a son, Jesus. Beginning in verse 8, we see, and, and we're going to look at six different uh, points I want to bring out. Um, so the first point is near. Uh, verse 8 speaks of there were these shepherds in the same area, the same region, the same territory uh, that were nearby uh, guard, you know, watching their sheep by night. We understand that uh, shepherds uh, in that verse, verse 8, uh, the Greek word there means shepherds. That we don't know what kind of shepherds they were. They were just shepherds. And they were doing shepherdy things, watching their sheep. Uh, and that was fine. They were close by. They were in that same area, we, read, we can read in the Bible where uh, Abraham had served as a shepherd. Moses had served uh, 40 years as a shepherd. King David himself had served as a shepherd, perhaps and most likely in that same, very same area that the shepherds were at in verse 8. So they were nearby. They were nearby the birthplace of Jesus himself. And so... Uh, being near, being close, the proximity may have something to do with why they were uh, had a visitation from an angel. We, we just don't know. The text doesn't tell, tell us, but it does tell us they had a visitation, and we read about that in verse 9. Someone read verse 9 for us, please. Thank you, brother. So verse 8, the, the point is near. Verse 9, the point is fear. They, they were afraid. We read there they were greatly afraid. The King James says they were 
sore afraid. I like to think that means they were so afraid they, they hurt. It was painful for them. They were so afraid because of, of seeing this, this angel. Now keep in mind, except for the events of the previous few months, there had been no visitations by angels in, in Israel for nearly 500 years. And now you're having a flurry of activity um, by Gabriel several times. And now here, this is an unnamed angel, but this angel appears. The, the Greek says he was very close to them. He, he appeared right there among the shepherds and, um, and they were afraid that there was a, a, a manifestation of God's glory around them. And that was, uh, the light that was shown around them. We see that in the Bible several times where God manifests his presence through light. We see that in the Old Testament. We read about that when, uh, the Apostle Paul had, had a visitation, uh, of the, a risen Christ, uh, there was light that shone about them. So this is not unusual to see light associated with the very presence of God's uh, angels or God himself. So he, there was a great fear here. Now when we think of fear uh, in our life, there, there's few things that are more universal among us uh, as than, than fear. We all can think of things that we can be afraid of. And certainly here the, the shepherds had a, had a reason to be fearful. And yet they overcame that fear and they heard. And that's the next point. For verse 10 is they, they would hear the message from the angel. And that's what we are called to do as believers, to overcome the fear that we have in our life, to recognize and to trust God through our obstacles, through the challenges that we face in the world, whether they are uh, fears that are rational or irrational. We are, we are to overcome that fear through trust. And that's exactly what these shepherds did. They did not flee. They trusted the angel and they listened to the great glorious message he had. And someone read verses 10 through 14 for us, please. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Verse 11. For, for today in the city of David... There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude, the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Amen. Thank you, brother. So as we read this passage here, this glorious message, centering in verse 11, the, the key part of this message, the Messiah has been born. The long-awaited, the long-promised Messiah has been born. Christ the Lord. 
And now Messiah is the Hebrew form of the Greek Christ. Messiah speaks of Savior. Christ in Greek is the anointed one, but both speak to salvation, the salvation that would be accomplished through Jesus Christ. So this is great good news. As uh, one of the uh, contemporary music groups saying just a few years ago, the, the gospel is not good news. It is the best news ever. And I thought that was such a good song because it truly is. This is the very best news that could have been shared to these shepherds. And it was the shepherds that received this first. This great, glorious statement, really the proclamation of what had occurred uh, back in verse 7. Verse 7, God is glorified through the birth of Jesus, his son, uh, as a man. And the angels begin to proclaim this. And they begin with these simple, uh, uneducated shepherds. And they give them the greatest uh, statement that anyone could ever be given. My father-in-law is 91, and I was blessed last night telling him uh, as I scrambled uh, trying to prepare that he had preached a sermon years ago on this very topic, and he brought out some, uh, he just looked and looked and finally found an old copy of the sermon he had given, and he made some good points in that, praise the Lord, and uh, one one point I thought he made was really good was this is the first Christmas sermon ever. The first Christmas uh, service ever and, and the first Christmas uh, chorus ever. So, so, uh, we, we see that, uh, the service, the sermon, and the, and the chorus, the music that was given were absolutely glorious and stunning to these shepherds out here, uh, in the, in the night, and they have such a tremendous visitation, uh, by angels, and not just one, but many angels glorifying the Lord. There's so much in these verses, we just don't have time to cover them, but we've sung much of what we read about in these verses. Glory to God in the highest. We've sung many times, Gloria in excelsis Deo. That, <coughs> excuse me. That's exactly what that means. Glory to God in the highest. And that's what the whole purpose of these events was. To bring salvation to the people that God had predestined and elected to be saved and he began this through uh, this proclamation to the shepherds what a glorious glorious uh, event so they they would hear this and they would go on uh, in verse 15 and 16 uh, they they would peer into the gospel it's it's when we have opportunities to witness to those that we know or meet that are near us, uh, sometimes we we can fear their response. We could be afraid of, of what they may uh, say in response to that. But we need to do this because this is what we're called to do and, and hope and pray that not only will they hear 
the, the witness that we give, but they will peer into the gospel. And that's exactly what we read these shepherds did. Let's look at verse 15 and 16. If someone read that for us, please. shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Amen. It's a blessing that later on the wise men will bring a gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the baby Jesus. All these people did, all these shepherds did was bring haste. They were, they came in a hurry. They said, let us do it now. They, they had heard the message. They received it and they peered into it to determine, are these things actual? Are they true? And they were given two uh, things to look for. One was the baby was wrapped in swaddling clothes and swaddling there. The Greek word really means to tear or torn. And what they would do is take these strips of cloth and snugly wind them around newborn babies. So this was nothing unusual. This is what they would do to keep babies warm. To, they would wrap these strips of cloth around them. But what was uh, highly unusual is that the baby would be found in a manger. So they went to Bethlehem, which is not far away at all from where they were, and they, they found the child and as a result of peering into the gospel, what did they do but share what they had found? So let's read uh, 17. If someone read 17 and 18, please. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Amen. Thank you. So notice as they peer in, they, they, they verify what they've been told by the angel is true. They go out and they begin to immediately share this good news. And what is that good news? That the Savior has been born. The Savior has been promised all through Scripture over a hundred different prophecies in Scripture concerning the coming of the Messiah this has been fulfilled and has been fulfilled in their time, in that very day. So they, they were anxious to do this. They were thankful for the opportunity to do it. They go out and they share and people uh, are amazed. People are amazed by what they uh, receive from these shepherds. Simple, uneducated, no scholars. They are just simple, uneducated shepherds, and yet they are faithful in what they've been given. Actually, they were not even commanded to do that. They were told, this is what you will find when you go, but they were never commanded to go and look for the baby, and yet they did because of what they had received. They were seemingly devout believers and were anxious to do this. And and not only did they, did they do this and share the gospel, they they cheered, they rejoiced in what they did. Let's read verse 20. Someone read that for us, please. To the shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told to them. 
Amen. Amen. So they, 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 they cheered. They rejoiced in what they had done. They were grateful for the opportunity of what they had been given, what they had been, uh, what had been revealed to them and what began to be revealed from that very point onward even into our day. What, what a glorious opportunity these simple shepherds had been given to share the good news that Christ has been born, Christ the Lord. And that's a very important distinction because in this passage we see the importance of Christ as Savior, and He is the Savior of all who will believe and all, all who will put their trust in Him, He will save to the uttermost. But look back at chapter 1. Let's look at verses 31 through 33. Notice what Mary is told by by Gabriel in verses 31 through 33. Notice what uh, Christ is uh, and Jesus is described by in these verses. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Amen. 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 Amen forever. That is a tremendous, tremendous statement that is made there. Christ split time. When we think of time uh, as we grew up uh, in years past, it was B.C. before Christ and A.D. in the year of our Lord. Uh, Today, uh, many try to make it uh, common era, C.E., the common era what that we live in, and BCE before the common era. That, that does not change what caused that common era, and that was the birth of Jesus Christ. He split time forever uh, in our civilization, and we are so grateful that we can look at that even today and mark time by the birth of Jesus Christ. His kingdom has been established and he is coming again to establish it in full. That he will reign for a thousand years in Jerusalem. And we look forward to that day when that great opportunity arises. When we look in scripture, we see uh, promises concerning that event. And I want us to close by looking at Revelation chapter 11, if you would. I'm so grateful for the songs we sang today, aren't you? You know, our musicians did a wonderful job. Anytime Les leads us in singing a Beethoven hymn from the Ninth Symphony, that's always a big plus. You know, beautiful, beautiful music. And you think back uh, 281 years ago, uh, George Friedrich Handel was composing, in a matter of three or four weeks, uh, the most uh, performed classical piece of music ever written. And that was the Messiah. He wrote it, in a, like I say, in a period of three or four weeks, just in a hurry uh, in some sense. But, it, but it's magnificent music. I know this is a geezer moment. But if you have any opportunity to listen to Handel's Messiah, I encourage you to do it. Because it is absolutely stunning 
a glorious, glorious truth in it. And part of what Handel wrote uh, is very familiar in verse 15 of Revelation chapter 11. If someone would read that for us, please. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our land, and of this Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What, what glorious, glorious truth. That, that is the words of the Hallelujah Chorus in uh, Handel's Messiah. And it is, is beautiful, it is true, and we're looking forward to that day when, when those words become reality. In the meantime, we are to recognize, we are to be witness to those that we are near. We are to overcome fear that we have by trusting the Lord. We are to hear the gospel and pray for those that we have opportunities to share the gospel with, that they would receive it and that they would peer into that gospel to seek to know that it is true by what we share from the word of God. So uh, as we as we share the good news of the Jesus Christ, I pray in this year to come that we will cheer, that we will celebrate and rejoice uh, our great God, that all the things that he does, he does for his glory. And our greatest happiness, our greatest joy is when we work to glorify God in all that we do, all that we say, all that we think. Let's close in prayer, please. Father in heaven, I just thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the the blessings you give through simple passages that we read today in Luke chapter 2. Even though all these chapters are glorious and worthy of much study and, and prayer, I pray, God, that you would grow us in our knowledge, that we would seek to obey you in all that we do and give you the glory, Lord in all parts of our life, whether it's work, home, in our neighborhood, social, whatever it may be, God, that we would be salt and light in a dark world, Lord. We ask this today as we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray you would bless each one here today, both in person and those uh, via stream, that you would grow us in our faith. Bring those who do not know Christ I pray, Lord, today would be the day they would come to faith in Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to close in prayer. Would anyone like to close us in prayer today as we end our service? Amen. who came to save his people from their sins, Lord. Father, we thank you for his perfect life, God. We thank you for the righteousness that is credited to undeserving sinners through the work he did on the cross, God. Bearing the wrath of the Father in our place, Lord. Dying and being buried and raising three days later, Father. Lord, we thank you for new life. We thank you for those who can come and those who can tune in, Lord. Be with the brethren who are ill and traveling, Father. Be with us as we go today, full of joy, Lord. Help us to rejoice and be grateful that you have provided a way to be reconciled to you, God. And that is, that is through Jesus Christ alone, Lord. We thank you, 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. Joy to the world. The Lord has come.